0: Hey ladies and gents, welcome to episode 10 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Oi, lads. And Dominic.
1: Good afternoon, Jared.
0: How's it going, guys? So, jumping right into it, what we've been playing this week, uh, I've been playing Overwatch Beta. It came available. So, interesting thing is, it was open to uh, people from the 3rd, I believe, who pre-ordered it, 3rd to the 9th. Um, it's open to everybody. Um, From the 5th to the 9th, and this is on console, PC, and PS4. Xbox, PC, and PS4. Um, The game's amazing. It's really fun. Um, It's actually going to be my topic later in the show. Uh, Been having a blast. Been playing that game on repeat. Loving it. Um, Saw Civil War last night. We're going to have a discussion. uh, We're going to be recording, um, and it's going to be up later uh, this week As of you hearing this. Um, Loved it. Best Spider-Man on film. Black Panther was fantastic. I'm not saying anything you haven't heard before. Um, Civil War is fucking dope. Right. Uh, great movie. Uh, Dom hasn't seen it yet, so we don't want to get too spoilery. But uh, yeah, just been playing a bunch of Overwatch, nothing new, and uh, Civil War was awesome. So what about you guys? Uh,
2: first of all, the Civil War thing. If you don't have cereal in your mouth or a van full of nuns, then go to see Civil War immediately. Get to the wait, theater wait. nearest you wait, 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 throw wait. some money in a dude's face Get some popcorn, sit down and watch that incredible movie, ASAP.
1: I I understand what you're saying, but a van full of nuns.
2: Well, obviously you haven't been listening to Podcast Beyond or the kind of funny games class slash PSL <laughs> okay. long enough. Okay.
1: So alright. Fair enough.
2: But uh besides that, I've been playing um, just played a little bit of Ratchet and Clank yesterday. Just for kicks and gigs. Um, then I've been playing a little bit of Battlefront. I don't have too much to say about that because I've played like less than an hour and a half of that game. It's cool. I'm enjoying the sci-fi vibes. I definitely feel like it's kind of an empty game without the season pass. But that's kind of conversation for another time. Um, besides that, the bulk of my week, I spent several hours on quantum break still really enjoying that um that game man like especially if you're an infamous fan you got to play that game if you got an xbox you got to play that game if you like action games or third-person shooters you got to play that game i would totally recommend quantum break to people any persona no i didn't i haven't played persona in a second i haven't turned my ps3 on in a minute uh, crap. I know there was something else I was playing. Oh, I've been playing a ton of Dead Nation on Vita because uh, I've been wanting to play Alienation on Vita, but, you know, that's not a thing. Um, and the remote play for... Usually my remote play works great, but it was kind of messing up on me the other day. So I just started up a campaign on Dead Nation, and I've probably played that for, like, at least 10 hours this week. Um, so lots of Dead Nation and then I seriously feel like there was something else I was playing on my PS4 but I don't know I might remember it go ahead Dom
1: uh, what have I been playing uh, Pictionary Cards Against Humanity no I'm just fucking around um, I finished Ratchet and Clank it was pretty cool real fun the last, the last boss was actually kind of a challenge it was interesting um, yeah super fun game We've praised it enough on here already, so I won't uh, won't be redundant. But otherwise, I just keep on digging through, grinding along, Dark Souls, um, making some serious progress this past week actually, and love every minute of it. Oh man! And actually, I, I want to point out one one flaw that uh, that I never realized with Dark Souls 3. That's never been a problem before. You can't upgrade armor. I mean, I've recently just went through, like, I don't even know how you say it, Erythral? Erythral? Erythral, Erythral. that's probably, yeah. Yeah. Roaming abouts there. The
0: boss in that area is awesome, from what I've seen. It's really cool. You'll have a fun time with him. He seems like the hardest boss in the game so far, so.
1: Mm, Can't wait.
0: Alrighty, so let's get right into the news here, guys. Um, The first story has to do with what we talked about last week, uh, the COD 4 remake. So, you know, it was revealed earlier this week that the new Call of Duty Infinite Warfare um, game is going to have COD 4 in it. Uh, And this comes by way of IGN. And um, it basically talks about how the Activision CEO, uh, CEO made some comments talking about the trailer. And he says there just aren't many entertainment franchises on Earth that can generate the kind of passion that Call of Duty can. And the Infinite Warfare trailer got a ton of hate um, as far as dislikes go, and the CEO actually came out and pointed out that, um, Black Ops had, uh, some of the, I think it was like their highest disliked video or trailer that they had ever released, and it was their best-selling game. So he basically goes on to talk about how their trailers get tons of dislikes, but they get tons of views and tons of likes as well, so you should really take that into account, right? Um... And he says that this is an industry like no other and a fan base like no other. We love that our fans treat this franchise like their own and have such strong points of view about it. Um, And then I want to get to this point here. Let me just see if I can find it real quick. He makes a very valid point. So because people are complaining about that, it takes place in space, right? Uh, He says – where is it? I'm trying to find it. What we know for sure is that we always always did what worked in the past and never took any creative risks. We wouldn't have a franchise. Uh, I read that wrong. What we know for sure is that if we always did what worked and we didn't take any risks, we wouldn't have a franchise. So the day, is, the, the day to worry is the day we stop trying new things. Um, so he's basically saying, you know, people shit on Call of Duty for the longest time for not changing. But now that they're changing, it seems like people are getting weary of that. But that's not the case because their games sell. Um so it's pretty interesting for a CEO like this to come out and talk about especially Activision. A lot of people dislike Activision off the get-go. Um, what do you guys think about his comments saying that you know people may say they hate this game but it sells? So, I mean, that's really the point there, right?
1: Well, yeah, he's right. I mean, basically he's saying no press is bad press. I mean, ask Donald Trump about that. Like, People <laughs> oh, love to talk about how much they hate Call of Duty, but that kind of just – people are still talking about it. Talking I about mean, Call of Duty, yep right and he's right obviously it sells like bonkers um i also like his point though about uh trying new things and making even though they come out with something every year however incremental or they are they do make changes and iterations um to each game right so he's got a point like you wouldn't want call of duty uh, modern warfare the same every single year like, they had to change things up otherwise it wouldn't be what it is
0: yeah jordan what do you think about this whole situation
2: I agree with Dom, I mean, Black Ops 3 from Ghost and Advanced Warfare is very different from what I think even Infinite Warfare will be, so, I mean, I I don't have a problem, just like I don't have a problem with Assassin's Creed going every year, I really don't have a problem with Call of Duty coming every year, because they're, like, seem like great games, they have really polished mechanics, and they have cool game modes with the zombies and stuff, and tons of content every year so I don't think that it's not worth $60 like when people complain about annualized franchises I don't understand that because I get that there's some people that only buy like three games a year but I mean even when I was a kid and I barely had any money like $60 a year wasn't that big of a deal like yeah it comes around once a year and you you know maybe sell a few games or mow a few extra yards or something but like, if you love Call of Duty and you want the new mechanics and the new gameplay modes, all that stuff, like, I think it's worth 60 a year, just, like, to a lot of people, Madden or FIFA is worth 60 a year.
0: Yeah, and I think having that 10-pole series, like, I mean, I think we're the minority of gamers, um, even having a gaming podcast where we play a fair number of games, right? A lot than probably the average person. Um, yeah. But there's people who look for these, like, 10-poles of, like, oh, I'm going to get Call of Duty every year, and ever so often they see another game they're interested. Having something you can count on every year is awesome. Kind of like going with the MCU, it's like, oh, these movies are coming out so often, but I know for a fact I'm going to have at least two movies a year that I'm going to love, right? No matter what, there's going to be two movies that I love. And I guess what that's the same thing with gaming is, whether they're annualized or not, you know that like every year you're going to have something you love with Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty. And I like that he yes. had the balls to talk about this. Like A lot of CEOs would wouldn't say this kind of stuff, and he's like, you know what? People say they hate our game, but they buy it, you know? <laughs> And um, I I think he has a point and I think it was good of him to come out and say this because people always think of, you know, Activision is this or that and you heard it straight from the mouth. He's like, you guys may say you you dislike the game, but you guys buy it every time it comes out. Um, So the second story here comes from – comes by way of GameSpot. Uh, Tamor Hussain, butchering that name. Uh, butcher one name a week, it seems like. Uh, an image of, of what is reportedly the protagonist of Watch Dogs 2 has appeared online, and this comes by an Instagram account. It's this guy with a laptop with a picture. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's a picture of a guy who looks like he's from Watch Dogs, and the caption on the Instagram picture says, Had a blast doing motion capture work as the lead character in a new video game series. And he even captions it, hashtag Watch Dogs 2. Um... And I don't know how many followers the account has. Uh, I'll, I'll just read you the article here. It says, The account is now private, but an image of the post was captured. And it features what looks to be a character of Asian descent sporting a baseball cap and a bandana covering his mouth. Um, going off of this real quick, um, Watch Dogs 2 is rumored to be in San Francisco. San Francisco has a pretty big Asian population, so it's pretty cool. Also, it's just cool to see a minority. If this is the protagonist, it's cool to see a minority you know, head up a video game franchise. I think that's really cool. Um,
1: it's Glenn from The Walking Dead. <laughs> none.
0: We have enough white dudes, you know. Um, i would be cool if it, was, if it was him. He's a great actor. Uh, it says he's also wearing a messenger bag, yada, yada, yada. Um, Ubisoft previously stated a sequel to Watch Dogs will launch before the end of its uh, next financial year, which is April 2017. Um, the first Watch Dogs sold more than 9 million copies into retail, and its creative director has been vocal about what it would like to do next. Um, This hasn't been confirmed that this is the picture, but it's off of a laptop. But it is – he could have just found this somewhere, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if we should read too much into it. Um, But it is cool to see any news on this game because, uh, you know, it's funny how we went from having Watch Dogs bombarded in our face every year at E3 for like five years to not really hearing anything about Watch Dogs 2 for a while. So do you guys think this picture is real?
2: Yeah, but they sold nine million copies of Watch Dogs One. Yeah, good. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready for Watch Dogs Two. I've got the uh, it's actually the only physical game that I do have, but I got the Watch Dogs original game like super cheap on PS4. So I'll play that once they actually announce the game. But I think this is totally real because. People make this fluffs. happens all the time. Yeah, With voice actors and motion capture guys, like, it just happens. And so, yeah, it, it just looks totally legit to me.
0: Uh, speaking of voice actors, you had a new story for us this week, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I've actually got a couple of stories over here. One of them is newsworthy, and one of them is kind of just uh, something I wanted to bring up and kind of voice my support on. So the first one is a Kickstarter, and it's, uh, for a game by Bloomy Light Studio, which I think is French, and it's, uh, inspired by, like, I don't know if you guys are fans of the Studio Ghibli anime films, or, um, Hideo Miyazaki, who, uh, directs most of their films, um, but the game itself is called Lin and the Spirits of Inao, and, um, It's a 2D side-scroller action-adventure type. Um, It's got, like, Metroidvania stuff and environmental um, changes that you can do with your powers. Um, But it looks really cool. It looks like if you are a Studio Ghibli fan, the bosses look like monsters from the movies. And the art direction looks like it's from one of their movies. And it's just it looks perfect in my eyes. I just can't wait. So this is probably going to be the first Kickstarter that I actually end up backing.
0: The link will and, be in the description um, if you're interested in uh, actually checking out the Kickstarter and see if you want to donate yourself. So if you go to our YouTube do. on the news breakout, it'll be in the uh, description, so definitely take a click on that and check out the game for yourself. It looks cool. It looks like a Studio Ghibli film in a game. It looks incredible.
2: But yeah, um, I totally think it's awesome and uh, super excited for that. They're t- saying it's only PC right now, but if they get um like stretch goals done then they might do you know probably ps4 and xbox one i'm hoping for a vita release because it looks like it would be perfect on vita but that's probably like a stretch of a stretch goal so um currently they are sitting at 20,901 pledged out of a 60,774 goal so um they've got 26 days to go i think they'll get that done and um yeah i'm gonna be backing them up because it looks like an awesome game so check her out and then the second story um is actually news that is uh coming to us from gameinformer.com and it says dishonored two taps vocal talent from game of thrones daredevil and the wire Ooh. Um, i wanted to bring this up because this voice cast is off the cheesy my dudes um The original Dishonored has no shortage of voice acting. This is me reading the story. Um, tapping big names like Susan Sarandon, Lena Headey, and John Slattery to bring its characters alive. The sequel is promising an equal commitment to quality with a new bevy of familiar voices from Hollywood, television, and even classic games in the stealth action lineage. Um so first off we have vincent d'onofrio from daredevil most recently um known as kingpin and
0: gomer Pyle, and full metal jacket
2: true that and then we also have his uh co-star in daredevil rosario dawson who is uh the night nurse is what she technically plays in the marvel cinematic universe Yep. Um, so then we have Pedro Pascal, who was Prince Oberyn in Game of Thrones Season 5. Um, the Viper. Season 5 or 4? Four? Four. Four. 4. 4. My bad. I think he was an uh, awesome character, awesome actor in that show, so super excited to see him on this list. Then we have Sam Rockwell, who's one of my favorite actors. This dude's the best. Um, you can see him in movies like Moon. My, one of my favorite movies of all time. Guide to the Galaxy uh, and The Green Mile. Um, Moon isn't one of my favorite movies of all time, but move, Moon is an awesome movie, and you should definitely check it out. Sam Rockwell, Kevin um, Spacey. Great. Yes, Kevin Spacey plays the voice of a really weird-looking robot. Um, then we have Jamie Hector from The Wire and Heroes. Then we have Robin Lord Taylor, who is currently playing uh, Penguin in Gotham, Okay. TV series. Yeah, I know that
0: guy. I've never seen the show, but I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Um, then Steven Russell is going to be playing Corvo Atano. And I was thinking back, and I guess Corvo's totally a silent protagonist in Dishonored 1.
0: The two hours I played, I don't remember him talking.
2: Yeah. And then last but not least, we have Erica Luttrell who is going to be playing Emily Caldwin, who's now all grown up and looking like a badass assassin. Um, It says she is best known for Keisha Franklin in the Magic School Bus (laughs) and Darla in Fallout 4.
1: Oh, duh. You haven't seen those, man?
2: (laughs) Dude, I love Magic School Bus. And, of course, (laughs) Fallout 4 is a well-beloved game. So this voice cast is looking uber dope. What do you guys think about this? I'm super super excited for this game because I love Dishonored 1 um i love that awesome universe that they created and um okay one tiny thing i want to mention here that i've been thinking about for dishonored 2 bethesda is already known with like skyrim and fallout for having their games go between first person and third person do you guys think that we could have a third person point of view for dishonored 2
0: i think it would work in the right situation um I'm just going to go real quick with the voice cast. I think Lena Headey being in more video games is cool. I love her as an actress. She's going to be in uh, right. Final Fantasy XV. Um, or the movie. I don't think she's going to be in the game. But she's going to be in the movie, The uh, Kingslayer. Right, right. But uh, anything she's in is awesome. Uh, Oberyn Martel, that guy was fantastic. I haven't seen him in anything else, so I'll recognize his voice, obviously, when I play this game. Um, I think yeah. it's a phenomenal cast. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is a tragically underrated actor. He was fantastic in Full Metal sure. Jacket. He was in Law & Order for the longest time, uh, or, S- yeah. yeah, Law & Order SVU, um, the guy's just a great actor, um, so I think it's a star-studded cast. I don't know if I'll play this game off, off of launch. I never, like I said, I played two hours of the first Dishonored, didn't really get my, the hooks in me, but the voice cast got me excited, and that's that's cool, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Jordan. It's off the cheesy. Um, for <laughs> reason. I never did play. Right, I never did play the first one. It just, I just missed it. It was just slipped through the cracks, right? So I'm, I actually own it. Um, so it's going to be at the front of the backlog. You know that's the next thing I'm going to I want to get done before this new one comes out. Yeah, exactly. Um Shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, and we have a release date for this. Got announced yes. recently. Uh yes. November 11th, I believe.
2: Yes, thank you for including that. That's important.
1: Yeah. So, looking forward to it.
2: Dom, do you think since you are a Fallout 4 fan, do you think we could ever see kind of like how Ubisoft lets their like some of the stuff in Fallout bleeds to Assassin's Creed and back and forth with Watchdogs and stuff. Do you think we could see them borrow that first to third? I'm just when I play my action adventure games, I would always choose third person over first, just because it feels like I when I I can see my character and the gear that I'm getting and the the weapons I'm using. It just feels so much more like the connection is stronger for me.
1: You must be pumped wow. VR then, huh? That's interesting. Oh,
2: exactly.
0: I always first person. I don't really like third person. That's super oh, interesting. Think, like,
2: even Insomniac's Edge of Nowhere looks so much more interesting to me in VR because it is third person. And I'm like, yeah, everyone's talking about how you have to be in first person in VR and that doesn't connect for me.
1: I think for Dishonor, they need to keep it first person. Just the way the game works, it, re- it reminds me kind of of Dying Light almost. Um, you're not like necessarily climbing, but you're using that... The blink, blink ability a lot to yep. you know jump forward. I don't know. Some of the mechanics to me seem like they work better in first person. I mean, I could be way off about that. Maybe it would work great. We'll see.
0: I think if it was like a stealth section, it could make sense because you can see around corners and you can peer and you can kind of get a, a feel for things. Um, but I don't know as far as like the very fast-paced sections of the game or these areas. I don't know if third personal would lend itself well to the gameplay. Right.
1: Like in Skyrim and in Fallout when i'm just wandering around i always switch to third person but during combat or in houses because
0: you, know, you don't want to steal something i'm
2: always first person right. yeah
1: always first person yeah.
2: yeah huh i didn't know that it was like kind of clunky like that i'm just not comfortable with it i'm more comfortable like if i'm in a house
0: or something i want to be able to have more precise like decision making and to me yep. it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's very precise in third person um, I'm I, I don't even really like going third person that much. If I get a like new gear or something, I'll definitely check it out. But I'm definitely, but the thing is, is like I couldn't imagine Dark Souls in first person. So it's kind of like I guess yeah that game I enjoy it's, in third person because that's the game, obviously.
1: The the mechanic like <clears throat> the third person mechanics in Dark Souls are so much better. Yeah, than how it functions in Fallout or Skyrim, right? That's the real difference. Um, so if they got it to, and this is still Bethesda we're talking about different studios, but if they were, you know, able to make it function and be as tight and as, you know, I guess, quality controls that you see in a Dark Souls, then third yeah. person could be uh, viable. But
2: Yeah, it's a lot to ask of a studio.
0: The thing is with this, uh, before we move on to the next topic, is I think, I hope this is a Mass Effect situation where the first one not a whole lot of people played it the it was a little clunky but two they hit it right on the sweet spot Uh, Mass Effect 2 is head and shoulders better than Mass Effect so I really hope that Dishonored you know 2 brings in a lot of people that didn't play the first one or played the first one didn't really like it like myself and it just nails it out of the park because it seems like a world I want to get invested in it's just I couldn't really do it in the first game so
2: hell yeah that world like I've mentioned it already but I really love it and Speaking of the first one, the definitive edition's like twenty dollars. Started out that way on PS Four and Xbox One, so I'd recommend that. Cause it has all the DLC packs, and I'll probably get the platinum in that before uh, the second one comes out because I want to do the. <laughs> I watched my friend do this when it came out on three sixty originally. Do the uh, the stealth like no kill run, and then there's ones where like no one even sees you, like a total shadow run. So. Oh. Well. Like, the, the Platinum Trophy on that is actually really cool and interesting to get.
0: Alrighty, so before we run too long here with the news, I want to get into our last story here. So five new games, or six new games, were inducted into the Video Game Hall of Fame this year. I'm going to name for you guys the first class that was announced last year. And I'm going to give you guys a hint and you guys are going to guess. We're going to try to get through this as quick as possible. So the games that were actually in the first class um, for the Video Game um, Hall of Fame were Doom, Pong... Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. So, you know, a fair balance of games. Obviously, Tetris up there, Super Mario Brothers, Pong, Pac-Man, World of Warcraft, what it did for the MMO space, Doom for first-person shooters. So they all, obviously, did something in gaming that was very important. So you guys are going to guess in the next six, okay? So the first one, the clue I'm going to give you is dysentery.
2: Oh, it's uh, Oregon Trail?
0: Yeah. Oregon Trail is the um, first one. Um, and this is just answer if you get the answer. Um, you know, answer if you have the answer in your head. Just, I'm not going to go back and forth. So once I say the clue, whoever thinks they have it. The second one um, Blue Animal. Blue,
1: uh, Smurf. No. Blue Animal?
2: I'll give you a second. I didn't clue. think Smurf was a game. <laughs> I was just fast. saying Smurf.
0: Blue Animal fast.
1: Sonic. Yeah. Sonic
0: the Hedgehog. Sonic's the second game, so we have two down. Um. Hey, listen. I of time. <laughs> Navi. No, no, no. Yeah. I. Just, it's Legend of Zelda. I couldn't think of how to say something with just <laughs> the original Legend, Legend of Zelda. And,
1: hey, yeah. listen.
2: Um. So Legend of See, Zelda. See now, Jared. I'm gonna keep interrupting you throughout the episode. Just God. saying. Hey, listen. Uh.
0: I don't know how to explain this one. Um, <laughs> you make people and then you watch them live life.
1: Sims. Yep.
0: Sims. That um, way too easy. So we got Oregon Trail. Sims. That Legend was of Zelda. so
2: philosophical the way you clued that game in. Sonic the Hedgehog. You um, watch them die. Not
0: Galaga. Half-life. Not Galaga, but the other game kind of like it.
1: Hackman. That's already in there.
0: Adam Sandler made a movie about this.
2: Galaxy Warrior 3, Death of the Galaxy. Space Invaders. Space Invaders, oh. yeah. The last game. I was. I knew it was something like that. I couldn't remember. Uh, the last game in the list. Uh,
0: uh, not San Andres.
2: Grand Theft Auto 3. Grand Theft Auto? Uh,
0: Dom got it. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> it's a third one. It's kind of hard to speculate. I didn't play Grand Theft Auto 3, so I don't even know the story. Um... But uh, yeah, so the list is granted out of 3, um, Legend of Zelda, Oregon Trail, Space Invaders, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sims. The only one that's weird to me is Sonic the Hedgehog uh, for it being in the second class of Hall of Fame inductions. I think that's weird to me. I think Sonic is kind of overrated. It just seems weird yeah. to me. It seems like there's like, why isn't Castlevania in it? Like, why didn't Castlevania get it? Or Mega Man? It just seems Sonic the Hedgehog. That's weird. Maybe they're like, we need to get a Sega game in there. I don't know, it just it was weird to me to see it on this. Space Invaders makes sense, it's a classic. Legend of Zelda, obviously. Grand Theft Auto 3 revolutionized the Grand Theft Auto franchise and like games like that, period. Um, Oregon Trail, obviously, for the that kind of style of game. Um, the Sims for simulators, obviously. It just seems like Sonic was a weird addition. It seems like there could have been plenty of other games that could have gone in there above it. Um, really weird. But that is your 2016 World Video Games induction. We're gonna get right into the topic here Dom, I believe you're going first with a conversation talking about physical versus digital right
1: right 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 um, so obviously the industry as a whole just like music and movies have we're moving towards all digital right that's kind of it's not a it's not a hidden fact to anyone like that's just where we're going um, it's taking a while though because of people like me who <laughs> quite simply just kind of prefer to have that case on the shelf. And it makes no sense, but I just, I, I understand it's way less convenient. Um, you, can't, you can't get things at midnight necessarily when they first come out. Um, but there's something about having that game case on the shelf. So I guess I'll, before I continue, I'm on PC, obviously I have everything in my Steam library. Um, so I, for the most part, I'm moving towards all digital as far as that's concerned. Um, everything on 3DS, I have digitally, because that kind of, you know, portable games, not digital, just seems like an oxymoron to me. Um, but on PS4, I'm still physical. Um, and aside from, like, everything being, uh, aside from me wanting the actual game cases, and even though there's not much for manuals anymore, that used to be cool when you get the manuals too, right? But, like, for example, Fallout came with a, a poster, um in its game case too, which you wouldn't have gotten if you bought the game digitally. Um, Witcher
2: 3 had a bunch of stuff that I missed out on.
1: Yeah, me too. Like I got the better version on PC, but yeah, I missed out on all that all that business that came in that case.
2: The um, maps and stuff, yeah.
1: Right. So the only other factor for me that really is truly keeping me, because I can, I mean, I would get over the whole like collector mentality eventually just because it's much less convenient. But Amazon Prime Twenty percent off all new physical games, you know, in pre-orders in the first week they come out or whatever, keeps me buying physical games on PS Four, right? Um, so anything I buy for PS Four, I still buy physical just because of that that deal that they have. Um, and I know Best Buy does a similar program as GameStop, I imagine as well. So there's still that like that thread that uh, keeps me with physical games so far. So i guess i'm just curious like i'm guessing you guys are both all digital at this point but i mean we can talk about why digital is better or you know what are the shortcomings and whatever it might be so
0: um so for me i really love digital over physical it's kind of like so i'm with you like i understand the appreciation of like game cases Like, i completely understand it it's not a foreign thing to me like i understand why people like it like it just looks nice I like the steel cases a lot, um, but a lot of times Ooh, those come yeah. in collector's editions and I don't like spending $150 on a game unless it's a game I truly love, which I pr-
2: want to try to do with the Andromeda. Um, and unless you're having all steel cases on your shelf, it's like, mismatched. it kind of just sticks out, yeah.
0: Um, the biggest thing holding digital back, I think there's two big things, memory and internet. Um, yep. 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 Uh, memory, obviously, I think that these consoles aren't coming out with enough allocated memory to begin with. But then again, memory is becoming a lot cheaper. I think you get like a terabyte drive for like 60 bucks, which is insane to me. Um, I think like a Seagate you can get. I have a, a yeah. external hard drive on my Xbox. Never had an issue. I never have enough. I never have uh, enough games on my thing to where it fills up with the internal and the external storage. Um, also, I don't know if this is way on PlayStation, but there's a section where you can see all the games that you like quote unquote own and you can download it at any point that aren't currently downloaded on your console. Um, yeah. So if I want to play a game and I don't have it downloaded, I can download it. Also, I'm fortunate enough to have a really good internet connection. Uh, I believe I'm like 170, uh, download and 12 up, which is Get really out, good. Go
1: home. I hate you.
0: Um, so I have really good internet. Um, Jesus fuck.
2: Yeah. And it's not expensive either. Um, That doesn't even make sense. I get around
1: 20 on a good day. Yeah. It's so imbalanced.
0: Well, upload, it's really hard for them to uh, make upload uh, speeds higher for some reason. Like, a lot of places here in the state of New Mexico, the highest you can get for upload is, like, 15. uh, Unless you're a business, line, then you get, like, way higher. But, um, yeah, so internet and memory are the two biggest things holding him back. Fortunately enough, I have both of those things. So, I love digital. It's easier. I'm lazy. I don't have to switch disks. Um... I just think it's a lot easier. The pro the weird thing I have Dude, with Dude. Your games must
2: download lightning fast. Really fast.
0: Um the I downloaded the Overwatch beta that's like eleven gigs in like ten ish
2: minutes. Um, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I have fast um, speeds and you're like killing me here. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have that. So like I said, this isn't an every-person case thing. The weird thing to me about Amazon is that they're making that deal specifically on physical games. And I think they're kind of holding the industry back because a lot of people buy games off Amazon. A lot of people buy a lot of things off Amazon. And it's weird to me that they'll cut that deal for physical games because it seems like the whole thing with Amazon is they're trying to get rid of the brick-and-mortar stores. So they're your – Amazon is to me is the digital Walmart, Right. Whether you see yeah. Walmart, however you do a like cheap version of Target or however you want to see it, Walmart is for everybody. You can go in there and find almost anything you need, um, and I think that's what Amazon is, and they seem to be super digital-focused, and it's weird to me that they're cutting these deals for physical games, and now aren't they paywalling some video game new releases for, like, Prime? Yeah, well, yeah.
1: apparently Both of
2: those things seem weird to me.
1: Yeah, apparently some games you can only buy from Amazon if you're a Prime member, apparently. Yeah, um, that's what I, the hell that's is really that weird. But you're right. It's weird because they also sell lots of digital games. Like I've bought Steam codes from Amazon. Yeah. Right. Or even PS4 codes. And even uh, you can buy 3DS game codes on Amazon too. But yeah, you don't get that 20% off uh, discount when you buy digital, which is interesting. So that I mean, they must make like a sizable amount more off of the physical copies when they sell them, right? Because there has to be some monetary incentive that yeah, definitely only do that.
2: Well, so no, the, they would make more off of digital codes because you're not paying for the box and the, the disc. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I that's what,
1: I'm saying I don't know what it is, but there's something that has to make so, that a better, you know, a better buy. Going, going back, you yeah. know,
0: yeah, uh, going back to me saying that I really like digital. Um, also, I'm a college student and I live in uh, with my my parents obviously and I have a room so me having a lot of game cases <laughs> will take up a lot of room so having digital makes a lot makes a lot of sense if I have my own house I think I'd be more prone to be more physical um, and having the cases and having my shelf of like gamer glory you know um, I think that partially has to do with it I think the other thing is uh, I really wish games shipped with a physical game shipped with not necessarily a digital code because that could ruin the industry as far as people giving away their codes right um, But I think that uh, I think you can include it So when you put the disc in It recognizes your disc And it downloads a digital version That's exclusive to you Since you put the disc in But it only You can only use it once Kind of thing You know what I'm saying Yeah So you can You don't have to put the disc in anymore you get the best of both worlds. You can be lazy, so you don't have to change the disc. You get the digital copy, and you still get the case that you can look at, right, Dom? So I think it's the best of both worlds. I think they just have to figure out the, the logistics of it um, because you can't ship it with the digital code because then people are just going to be buying a game and giving the copy to their friends, you know? So I think if they can figure well, out a way to make that work. Um,
1: it would be easier just to ship the case with no disc and the code on a you know a card inside the case, right?
0: Yeah, but that's weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Very weird, but I yeah. would love it.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Why would you want that, though? Yeah. You don't... You, then you're just waiting for a case to get there. And you here's could the, have, You could have had the code emailed to you, like, two
1: days ago. And here's the problem well, with... email me the code, and then send me an empty case, too, or something. Oh, Jesus
2: Christ. Here's the problem with Nintendo All 2... All right, start sending Dom empty video game cases.
0: God. That's going to be our thing. They send you a new one every week. Um, yeah, but that's my spiel. I'm more digital, but I think it's because of the point where where I am in my life and not so much. I understand the argument for physical. I think it's better, though, for digital because obviously we're going to get price cuts if people don't have to pay manufacturers and people to make the boxes and they don't have to send them to distributors and everything like that. If it goes more towards digital, we'll start seeing more people go into that $40 price point, that $30 price point, where it's no longer having to stick to the $60 model because there's games I play that they could be worth more than $60. They could be worth less than $60. And if you have a game that people are iffy about buying for $60, but you sell it for $30 uh, and you don't have to pay all these other costs, you're still going to make a profit and you're probably going to sell more games. So that's my spiel.
2: There's really, to me, there's very few disadvantages to being uh, all digital. You know, speaking of Witcher 3, I also got the expansion pass. And if you buy the expansions physical, then you get like Gwent deck card packs, which is really cool. Yeah. Um and I'd love to have those, but, yeah, I mean, there's just, like, some random special things there. And then uh, I guess the biggest one is that you can't, you know, physically take the disc out and take it to a buddy's house or whatever. But, I don't know, I kind of just play my buddy's video games when I'm at their houses.
1: So. You could go to your buddy's house and log into your PSN account. But then you'd have yeah, to download too. it,
0: and unless your buddy's me with great internet, you're going to be there a while downloading yeah. the but, game.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're you know take a disc over then you still have to install it to their hard drive so it's weird there too but i mean yeah i just think like for me there's so many advantages to being digital i actually i, I was pretty proud of myself last year i became uh i started living a 100% digital lifestyle um so i had had my macbook for several years that didn't have a disc, disc drive in it and uh so that was all uh digital And then I started, like, trading in my physical copies of Xbox and PS4 games so that I could get the digital version and not have, like, discs laying around anymore. It's not even that I care about the cases as much. It's just the fact that, I don't know, I I really like having digital games. And I think that's because I like hopping around on a console a lot to, like, four or five different games in a couple hours. And then, especially on PS4, it's all about remote play because if i'm not in my house i mean i could be like halfway around the world and have access to my complete uh ps4 library without having to call my brother at my house being like hey could you switch out disc a for disc b so i can play infamous or whatever like i can just jump around games a bunch so
0: switching between games, I think you're more prone to want to do that if you have all digital games because it's... I totally agree. It's not hard to switch games, but it's another step. And you're like, I could keep playing this. I could play this other game I want to play but then I have to take out the disc and put the other one back in. But if you're on the fly, just pop out, go to the other game, boom, boom, boom. If it's all digital and it's so quick, like, it just makes everything easier. You're more prone to want to play more games. When I'm
2: jumping around on my PS4, sometimes I think about you poor physical people, Dom, and I'm like, wow, there's no way they're playing like six games in three hours because they're just not getting up that many times, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, for the most part, I'm playing a game, you know, one game at a time all the way through for the most part. But so it's not too bad of an issue. Um, What I was going to say is another big piece of this is kind of the, the ecosystem and the UI for whatever the platform is. So on 3DS, I love the way... Things are organized and like I can move around the tiles and put games into folders and you know have them however I want, given that they're digital, right? Yeah. And on Steam, I absolutely love the way my Steam library is displayed. I mean I can turn everything into icons or I can have them listed and if they're you know highlighted, then they're installed. Otherwise they're not. It's real, real easy and it just gives me a good feeling of like, yeah, these are my games. Right, and like they're in my library. I like know, customizing, just, yeah, customizing right. your library. Yeah. But then, but PS4 for me doesn't do that. It's just the the interface is just weird. Like like Netflix is mixed in with like random games, or random disc games that I don't even have anymore. And then there's some digital games. Like the the bold media bar thing. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me in the same way that like Steam does.
2: Well, if you go to your library, there's. Like a list with all, and that has applications and games, and then there's games and applications separately too. So you can just get your games, and then you can like delete the old disc games that you don't play off of your hard drive.
1: Yeah, I have to, I still have to do that for a few. I'm just lazy, but yeah. So it's not too bad. Like you scroll over to like the the apps tab or whatever, and then below that it shows all the apps you have installed. Um, but then. And that's fine I wish it was just that though I didn't I wish games didn't just also pop up in the main media bar as if trying to make it more convenient like oh we you recently played this so we're gonna you know put it up top for you I hate that I want things organized in a particular way
2: I don't know I was actually just about to say how like you're talking about looking at your steam library and people always mention oh I'm physical because I like looking at my you know games over on my sh- at my shelf and like having them all laid out and lined up alphabetically or whatever way you like looking at them. Alphabetically. Um, but for me, yeah, when I go into my games tab on my PS4, and I, like, with PS Plus, I literally have over 100 games at this point, and I'm just like, damn, what do I want to play today? And I can jump between anything back and forth. I don't know. I like having the, the digital library, like, all laid out so I don't have to like, pick out a certain game case, go, oh, what is this? What does this look like? It's just all the icons right there in front of me, and I can choose any one, so... For me, that's a plus.
0: Yeah, before we go too long on this topic, um, on Xbox, you can actually pin any app or game to your home, and you can yes, I completely love it. organize it. So I have, like, all of the RPGs I'm currently playing, so I have, like, Fallout 4 up there, Lords of the Fallen, like, uh, Division, all those in one, and then I have all my 2D platformers on the next row, and then I have... All of my movie apps. I have like Netflix and HBO Go and Crackle. So, like, you can completely organize that and it looks great. My biggest issue with the PlayStation has always been its UI. Um, and it just doesn't work for me. It might work for some people, but it just doesn't work for me. It's weird. Um, yeah, I think that's it.
2: Xbox du- has. I'll, I got to give it out. Give it up to Xbox because they really have some features just in Xbox One in general that well, are just way beyond what PS4 has got they, going They on. should.
1: I mean, Microsoft makes Windows, so yeah, they, make they should software. have a good handle yeah. on um, yeah. operating systems and UIs.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, any closing thoughts on digital versus physical? Well, like I said, I love the fact that I can you know pre-order a game digital, have it pre-downloaded for me, and then since I'm central time zone instead of eastern, I get to play it at 11 o'clock on a Monday night. What like super excited to do that for uncharted 4 and for me if i'm going to a midnight release at gamestop you know i'm not getting it back to my house and installed before like 1 or 1 30 so that's just i love that convenience right there and
0: the pre-download
2: the pre-download man i'm telling you i love it
0: dom any closing thoughts mr physical oh <laughs> uh, yeah
1: i love know, it i'll move over eventually right yeah i understand Certainly, it like, though the-
2: I, I understand. There's, where you're coming there's from. enough disadvantages to where I could see at this point in time, 2016. It, there's I can totally. I, I don't think you're crazy for being physical at this point.
1: And that discount, I'm telling you, it's huge. It's like it ends up being like twelve dollars on a sixty-dollar game. I mean, yeah. you got not that ratchet much for I, like I could,
0: thirty-two bucks, didn't you, or something like that?
1: Um, yeah, that's originally a forty-dollar game, so that that was why that was. But it's
0: still a good deal. I,
1: right. Right. Yeah. But I mean I could certainly afford to pay $12 more but like why would I like the can like the the benefits of being digital just aren't worth the 12 extra dollars for me. I still yeah. get it. Yeah, that one. is
2: something that we didn't bring up until now. I think generally I play I pay a little bit more for games going digital as opposed to physical but um, I think there's so many flash sales and like Square Enix, EA has their own sales on the PlayStation store. Um PlayStation has like 10 different types of sales throughout the year. So I think through that, I recoup enough money for it to even out in the end.
0: Definitely.
1: All right. What's the next topic?
0: Speaking of digital games, I recently downloaded the Overwatch beta. Um, So you were able to, like I was stating before earlier in the show, uh, you were able to play it from, I think, the third. It might be the first um, if you pre-ordered the game. Obviously, I haven't pre ordered the game. I didn't really even have this game on my list. I wanted to try out the beta on on PC, but Blizzard wasn't fortunate enough to send me uh, an email. A bunch of people, random people got emails saying you could play the beta. I wasn't one of them uh, because screw Jared, right? Um, So um, the beta was going to be available for anybody 5th to the 9th, PS4, Xbox One, PC, right? Um, So uh, May 4th, which is two days ago now of recording this episode, I was like, oh, maybe I can pre-download it, right? Um, so I go to download – I go to the store and I click uh, search Overwatch beta. Pops up. I download it. I'm like, okay, cool. I probably can't access it till 12 tonight, right? It was already like 6 o'clock I think in the afternoon. I go to play it. I go click on it just to see if it works because I'm like, oh, maybe it works. I got to play it. So I was able to access nice. it half a day early. Um, and it wasn't anywhere on the Xbox like home screen or anywhere in the games app. You, li- I went and searched for it to download it. So maybe because I actually went and searched for it and it wasn't like publicly available, I was able to get in. Um, huh. Game's fantastic. Um, I think a lot of people are comparing this to Battleborn, and I think that's unfair. I think they're different games. If you talk about specifically the multiplayer, they are very similar. They're uh, first-person, objective-based games. Um, but I don't think they're necessarily going for the same thing. Um, so when I was talking about Battleborn and we were talking about our impressions, uh, Jordan, I was saying the, the multiplayer aspect of it felt very MOBA-esque-like. Um, yeah. And I think it's because it was a bit slower of a game to me, it felt like. Um, with Overwatch, it's very fast. Um, so Battleborn is more Battlefield-esque, and this one's more Call of Duty-esque as far as speed of the gameplay. Characters are great. great. Um, Battleborn also had that going for it. This game is just so addictively fun. The characters are interesting. The characters are cool. I played this guy named Hanzo who has a bow. They have abilities. They have ultimates too. But this one... It seems like this one's better at explaining the gameplay. So for you, you said that it seems like it was a lot going on, right? It was too complicated. This game, even the tutorial level, it's, it, Blizzard is very good at the tutorial introductions to things. I don't know if either of you have played Hearthstone. Um, they're very good at introducing you to things you're not familiar with and getting you familiar. They, they, they make things very vanilla, they, they shrink it down, and they make it very digestible. Um, I think the game is fantastic. It's a game that it wasn't even on my radar buying, and I'm actually going to be buying it and probably pre-ordering it. Um, and when it comes out on the 24th, it's just so fun. It's hectic gameplay. If you guys have seen any of the trailers, um, they have really cool characters. There's Tracer, who there was a controversy about a post she had. She's an Australian, very fast, very cool. They have this giant gorilla scientist named, uh, Winston. Um, uh, they have a lot of very cool characters. They have a a guy named Reaper, who's essentially the Grim Reaper that carries around two shotguns. Um, and they all have interesting mechanics. Um, so, for instance, Reaper, his ultimate is he basically spins in a circle and says "die, die, die, die," and he shoots everything around in a straight circle. <laughs> and whenever somebody dies, he can pick up their souls to gain health. But that's not for every character. So, for instance, Hans, the character I was playing, is his passive is he could scale buildings, right? And he's an archer, so it's kind of like fits into his build, right? So he can I can shoot from distances, right? Um, And his ultimate is I shoot an arrow that actually spawns a giant dragon that flies in a little spiral and kills everything in its path. Um, There's a lot of strategy to it. The gameplay is really cool. So it's not just simple domination, objective-based things. They switch it up. Um, There's points where you have to hold a certain point for a certain amount of time. And if they capture it, then they have to capture the second point. There's ones where you have to guide something across the map. Like, it changes it up a lot. And I don't know if that's just for the beta. Maybe you can get specific game modes when the actual game comes out. But it's fun. And when it comes to video games, that's a primary factor. Like, is the gameplay solid? Is it fun? And it hits both of those. Um, Neither of you have played the beta, right? I know uh, you guys aren't really multiplayer kind of guys,
2: right? No, but I did remember to put it on my uh, game release calendar on my phone. And I'm definitely thinking I'll probably jump in at some point and and try it out at least. Because I've been thinking since, you know, I saw that they were... uh, When they originally announced the game, it was just PC. And then they... They did decide to come to console, so yeah, I've been thinking about it.
1: What about you, Dom? Yeah, I'm not too big into the multiplayer stuff, and this game in particular just never, uh, never grabbed me. So yeah, not my cup of tea.
2: Yeah, I-, I will say I'm enjoying Battlefront, but it's almost killing me that I have to play with other people.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I wish Battlefront just had a campaign, and I'd be. Yeah. I, I dried out of it pretty quickly. After a I'd even through.
2: have fun with bots. But as far as Overwatch goes, it does look like a a great game that I could. um, I think I'll definitely play it. You know, maybe if I wait a year and pay like twenty bucks for it or something.
0: Even if you're not interested in the game, Dom, you should check out. They do like these cinematic like stories. They're not really trailers. They just tell stories about the characters, and they're animated really well. They look like a Pixar movie. Like even if you're not. Even if you don't want to play the game at all, just the characters are fantastically done. It's really cool. Like, nope,
1: can... nope, 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 nope. I won't do it. I'm stuck in my ways. I won't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. Um, I like multiplayer games because it gives me a chance to bond with friends who I don't get to spend a lot of time with who live in different cities and stuff. I do appreciate single-player um, experiences a lot, but... The multiplayer games are really fun, and I'm a very competitive person, so I like being better than people at things. So, (laughs) being able to... The cool thing is, I want to explain this real quick before we get off the topic, because I know you guys didn't really play it or anything, but the first game I went in didn't have any familiarity with the actual game. I've seen some clips and stuff. The character I was playing at that's an archer, he he has an ability where you get an arrow, and once it bounces off a wall, it splits into a bunch of arrows, and they bounce in a bunch of different directions, right? Physics-based, so depending on where you hit, it bounces off of that. Um... Five minutes into the game, I come up like this little shoot. I'm in this like little trolley with the hole on the outside of it. I see an enemy down below me. I bounce an arrow off of the wall. It bounces down, hits two things, and then hits the guy and I kill him. So right there was a wow moment. Like when you play games, there's like moments you want to share with friends, right? So it was definitely yeah. – I was like, oh, this is cool. The cool thing about this mo- –
2: Xbox, record that.
0: Exactly. Um, the cool thing about this game that I like over a lot of other multiplayer games and uh, Dom, you might uh, agree with me on this – When you played COD 4, don't you think it would be cool that if you had a really cool kill streak in a game, at the end of the game it would show you, from your perspective, getting that kill streak and show everybody else how badass you are? Don't you think that would have been cool? Like a play of the game?
1: Well, doesn't that happen? Like the final kill?
0: Well, that's a kill cam, but I'm saying, like, a play of the game. Like, if this happened in the middle of the game, this wasn't at the end. Like, it's like, play of the game, and you just went on this massive streak, right? And everybody got to see it. In Overwatch, it does that. It picks somebody as the play of the game, and it's not just kill-based. I've seen people get it with support play, of, like, making sure people are healed and stuff. So it doesn't just focus on kills. You get a play of the game, and it shows somebody just doing work. And, um... It's, it's really cool because you get it like, oh, yeah, that was my moment in the game, right? Whereas with Call of Duty, it's the last kill cam, which sometimes it's a guy not playing and somebody shoots him and you win the game, right? It's not very – it's kind of anticlimactic. Um, another thing with this that's really cool is um, the loot system. You get a bunch of stuff. Like it's not like a mobile where you have to pay for a bunch of stuff. They just give you a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. You get voice packs. You get poses. In a very PC game fashion, Dom, you can uh, – there's spray that you can put on the wall. I don't know if you're familiar with that with, like, CSGO and stuff like that, but you can usually spray walls with, like, a certain, like, decal that you make. And in this game you have that, which is pretty cool. Um, I just appreciate these PC-centered companies making console, like, making their games for the console. Like, Rocket League um, being on PS4 and Xbox is really cool. Um, Blizzard shifting their games over to consoles is really cool. Smite being on both. Um, I just like that these... Usually it's the other way around of like console companies making PC games obviously like PC ports but it's cool that PC games are now shifting and making stuff for console because before I had a gaming PC I would have never played a lot of these games because they never came to console. So
1: I mean yeah I'm not your traditional PC gamer right any game that you think of as a PC game I'm pretty much not into it. Yeah. I mean I started on consoles. I like I like the games that are on consoles. Yeah, I play them on PC granted always with a controller. Yeah. Right and sitting back on my couch so i yeah i'm not you're a console gamer
0: you're a console gamer via pc right yeah i I got you i understand where you're coming from um yeah i just overwatch is a fun time if you haven't downloaded the beta if you're listening to this on sunday it'll be what'll sunday be what's today the sixth so it'll be the eighth you'll have today and tomorrow if you're listening to this on soundcloud to download and play it uh it's really cool it's really fun definitely check it out Um, I don't want to go too far on this because I know it's definitely a topic you guys don't have a lot to say about, so I'll just leave it there. Um, Going off of us both watching Civil War and enjoying the hell out of Spider-Man, Jordan, you had a topic for us that kind of pertains to uh, our web-slinging crusader.
2: (laughs) Yes, your friendly neighborhood Um, (laughs) Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Boy. Indeed. So, yeah, we knew, obviously, uh, when we heard this rumor that I'm about to talk about, We knew at that time that Spider-Man was going to be in Civil War, Captain America 3, Um, and by now we know he's awesome in Civil War. So um, what I'm bringing up here is this crazy rumor that um, Sucker Punch, Sony's first party studio best known for both the Sly Cooper and infamous video game entertainment series, um might be making a first party exclusive Spider-Man game for PlayStation consoles if they make it for Vita which would be awesome but well, um You're not wrong cuz yeah.
1: you've got to make it for Neo too right Yeah
2: oh yeah it'll <laughs> definitely have the Neo version you know pump up the volume but uh yeah so Spider-Man could I mean let's just kind of run with this rumor as if it's real because we all things considered let's let's Um, say it's
0: real for the sake of this
2: conversation sure and it's possible because you know sony owns uh the rights the film rights to spider-man that's why it took so long for him to get into the marvel cinematic universe because marvel studios the independent studio had to buy the rights for spider-man to put him in the movies so sony's got that locked down they could totally you know sony pictures could be like hey sony playstation we got you bros Here's some spider-man and um so it's definitely plausible um and infamous is my favorite superhero video game series infamous second son is an incredible video game with incredible traversal across an awesome real uh version of seattle um so i can totally see you swinging around new york you know they just did that on ps4 already they've already got the Uh, Sucker Punch the studio already has the know-how to make an awesome superhero video game so if this is real man I'm totally totally down because obviously you guys know how big a fan I am of Infamous. Second Son's like my favorite PS4 game. I do think that uh, Sucker Punch is Sony's best first-party studio because you know... (sniffs) naughty dogs overrated but uh, (laughs)
1: oh man oh man oh man (laughs) but
2: yeah but yeah you know um if anyone can make an incredible spider-man game in the vein of kind of how rocksteady took batman with the arkham games and made them you know not stupid licensed games made them something really cool i think sucker punch are the guys to really knock this out of the park so what do you guys feel about this situation
1: the idea of uh, a Spider-Man game being exclusive—I don't know—it just seems weird to me, you know—that it that it'd only be on PlayStation. But seems that like, would be huge. Oh, it'd be an, it would be, yeah, gargantuan. Like that would be awful for Xbox. Phil right? Spencer but would crap his pants. It just—they—they they can do it. Sucker Punch, that like they're the right guys to do this and gals. Um, it it's so it could be so similar to Infamous. And they could build on, like, you know, the Spider-Man mechanics. Uh, I'm more curious, because um, we know the gameplay would be great, the traversal would be awesome. I'm more curious what story they wanted they would want to tell with their, right? What Spider-Man story? Is this an origin story, or, you know, what bad guys are they going to include and in all that? That's what I'm really curious about. We know everything else would be great.
0: Yeah, so for me, I think the timing of this is real would be crazy, so... Uh, for instance, Jordan and I are living off of the Spider-Man hype train right now. Like, we both can't wait for Spider-Man oh, yeah. Homecoming.
2: It's keeping me going, man. I'm just mainlining that shit. So,
0: here's the thing. is uh, If everybody's already riding the hype train of wanting to see the next Spider-Man movie, what better way to ha- to get people excited for the Neo than to have this as a... I don't want to say launch title, but you know, a launch title for the Neo, right? Like, it'll come yeah. out when the Neo comes out. Um, I... I think it's a perfect match for studio and game. Um, they do great superhero games. I also think that another uh, way that people aren't talking about this is, yeah, Infamous are great games, but you have a lot of pe- a lot of people coming over to PlayStation this con- this generation, right? A lot of people, yep. a lot of people who haven't played Infamous, a lot of people who aren't familiar, so they didn't have no, they didn't really have any, um, kind of. Um, background as to wanting to play new infamous so they probably didn't buy the new one right if you get a spider-man game in their hands from that studio and then they find out that they made other superhero games that definitely helps Mm. out sucker punch right like it's like because you'll get people to buy spider-man that wouldn't buy infamous yeah infamous is a great game and everything but to somebody who just converted over from xbox to playstation they don't have they don't care just like i don't really care about uncharted and it's a fantastic franchise I don't care about it, right? But if you give me if you give me Naughty Dog making a superhero game that I love or Crash Bandicoot, God forbid, or Jack 4, God forbid, um, I might get invested in those other franchises because they actually make something I enjoy. So I think the reverse traction for Sucker Punch could be infinite on this for people getting in, playing a Spider-Man game, and then they're like, oh, they'll definitely make a sequel on this. But before that, I can salivate myself with their infamous games. So I think this could be huge for Sucker Punch. Um, with all the people coming over and being PlayStation
2: uh, owners, I think it could be huge. You're totally right about the Civil War hype train, you know, Uh, for, I think that the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield were great, I enjoyed them, but um, they did, like, the whole, the way that that stuff just fell apart, um, and that series fell apart, definitely kind of damaged Spider-Man, plus it's, you know, the second series we had had in 15 years. So, I think Captain America Civil War is going to reinvigorate Spider-Man in a lot of mainstream fans' eyes that don't read comic books and don't play video games as much. So, by the time, you know, they could make this game, Spider-Man Homecoming will be coming out or will be already out, and, um... Yeah, I think this is just, like, perfect timing. You make a good point about the timing of it, because, um especially, like, Dom, once you see this movie, you're going to be like, yeah, dude, Spider-Man's awesome, just because the way, he's not even in the whole thing, but the way that they bring Spider-Man back in such a cool way, people are going to be hype on Spider-Man for a while, especially with his own solo movie, and a game is just going to make it, the hype train, go crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm real curious, his role in uh, in Civil War, so yeah. It's but, awesome, dude. The, the timing of all this is, uh, Yeah, this could just explode, right? Like, the hype train, like you guys are saying. Like, it's just...
2: Now, remember, they didn't even get Spider-Man. Marvel didn't even get the contract with Sony until, like, late last year. And they, like, kind of shoved him into Civil War last minute. So, I think it'd be closer to Spider-Man Homecoming when they would actually know
1: it was going on. Yeah,
0: true. And it could be that this game doesn't come out this year either. And it could come out next year, which would be even crazier timing. Um...
1: Like, I would expect that yeah, next but, year for this.
0: Speaking of, like, on the topic of good timing, bad timing, if that Deadpool movie, I mean, Deadpool game would have came out, like, two years later, it would have sold a lot better than it did. As far as what I'm playing this coming week, I'm going to finish playing Overwatch. I'm probably going to watch some people play Un- Uncharted 4, because I want to have a little bit of indication as to what the gameplay is like. I want to be informed. Um, I watch games if I'm not able to buy them, so I at least have an idea. Um... I'm gonna be playing Overdrive. Finish at Overdrive. She planted the seed of Sunset Overdrive Sunset in my head.
2: Overdrive.
0: Um, gonna be playing Overwatch. Finishing the bait on that. Um, playing some more Division. I think I'm like level 26 right now. Um, getting through that. Going at a slow pace. It's a fun game. I don't want to rush through it or anything because there's really nothing else that's like grasping my attention right now. Um, and I might hop into Sunset Overdrive. I haven't gotten back into it since playing the hour and a half. I loved it though, but I, I I'll probably end up getting back into that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, for me. What about you guys?
1: I'm head over heels into Game of Thrones right now, by the way. I forgot to Oh, yeah, one. same, same. Oh, man. I don't want to get into spoilers, uh, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that <clears throat> that next episode, obviously. because. But I'll be playing uh, Dark Souls for the next two days here until Tuesday when I get my copy of Uncharted. I probably won't have it um, completed by the next time, uh, by next week's podcast, but I'll have a couple thoughts at least. So. I hope it's awesome. I
2: hope you guys like it. I hope it's everything you guys want. Yeah, it for will me, be. this next week, that's what I'm super excited for. Um, so far, the le- reviews are looking like it's everything that we are going to want. And for me, uh, since I've spent so much time with the Uncharted 4 beta, I do know that got to give it up to Naughty Dog this one time. I think they realized that the biggest issue in their video games is their lackluster shooting. So Uncharted 4 has definitely fixed that. 60 frames a second it feels really good. Very excited about that game on Tuesday. Well, <laughs> Monday night since I'm digital. But um, anyways, besides that, uh, I'm definitely going to be playing more Dead Nation on the Vita. Been loving that. As well as uh, Final Fantasy 3 on the Vita. And um, hoping to finish Ratchet & Clank soon. I need to get through that game just because it's not too long and I am really enjoying it. And then... Um, Maybe by next week I'll be able to give you some actual impressions on Battlefront because I'll have played it for more than an hour. So that's what I'm going to be doing this week. Um, so thank you guys for
0: watching or listening or watching or however you intake this podcast to episode 10 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Um, as always, we appreciate all the... F- yeah, our 10, our 10 podcasts, two and a half months. Um, we appreciate any listen, share, like, all of that good stuff as always. At fifty, if we ever reach fifty followers on Twitter, we're gonna give away a physical copy of Star Wars: Force Awakens. Um, Like we said, any share, like, follow, anything like that really helps us grow. I think we got a couple of subscribers this week on YouTube, so that's awesome. That's two more than we had last week, so definitely seeing improvement there. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Everything like that. Um, Anything else before we go, guys? Any closing words?
1: Greatness from small beginnings.
2: (laughs) Uh. What? Oh. Okay. All right. See you. Shoot. yeah, Shuhei just called. He told he said he totally agreed that Sucker Punch is way better than Naughty Dog. So,
1: <laughs> oh shoot! That, I hope dude. he told Neil Druckmann that that's,
2: too. That's that's the definitive opinion on that one. Also, sorry.
0: before we go real quick, last closing statement: the um, the art on the disc for Uncharted Four is unfortunately hilarious, where you can put your finger through and it looks like Nathan Drake's wiener.
2: <laughs> hey, you can do that on Bloodborne too. You can put two fingers. Two fingers in your Bloodborne disc and make it look like butt cheeks, Dom. I don't have the disc, so I wouldn't know. But.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Just... <laughs>
0: Alrighty, righty. Uh, catch you guys next week for episode 11. Thank you guys as always for uh... listening. And, uh, yeah, catch you guys next time. Bye.